I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jeffrey and Adonis are both rich. Adonis spent years building his business and increasing his income, and Jeffrey won the lottery. Jeffrey wakes up one day, he looks around, and realizes he's dead broke. Without warning, all of his possessions have disappeared. His bank balance isn't sufficient anymore. Everything has been taken away from him, and he has nothing left. The exact same thing happens to Adonis. But Adonis hasn't lost his most valuable assets. His mind his skills. All self-made men know that they have the ability to build back everything if it gets taken away from them. Strive to be like Adonis. When I was growing up, I didn't know any rich people like at all. So the most successful people that I knew were maybe my friend's parents who maybe had a good job, maybe they were making 50,000 a year. But there was no one like rich, rich that I ever knew. Over the last year or so, I've started to network with other YouTubers, other big personalities, and I've gotten to know and have in like, you know, my contacts of some guys who are up there, guys who are worth tens of millions. I've even stayed in the home of Iman Gadji. I've connected with one of his friends, Sebastian. No one knows how to say his second name, bro. Sebastian Gurdjieff. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> Chris Williamson, Ali Abdul, like I've gotten to know a bunch of like successful guys who are all way wealthier, richer, and more successful than I am. And since I've wanted to learn from these guys who are above me, I found myself observing some of their habits and characteristics and traits that we're gonna discuss here. The first habit of rich people is learning every single day. Now this is something that's a little bit mixed because there's a bunch of broke people who are also learning. But what I've found with the wealthiest people that I know is that they learn and they specifically go and take action on the thing that they've learned immediately. The sort of normal average person may grab a book and just, you know, read the book one hour, two hour. Boom, an hour goes by, they put the book away, they get it again tomorrow, oh yeah, three hours, yeah, you know, I've been reading so many books and stuff. That usually doesn't really relate to anything. Now, reading can change your life forever, as it has done for these rich people, but they read in a very different way, and I've tried to adopt this. So the way that I read now is no longer, you know, going through the book, then choosing the next book, then choosing the next book. I'm literally just rereading the same books. This book, 
How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've read maybe, I don't know, fully three, four times and I've recapped it hundreds of times. I've opened the book up again, you know, to look for something. One thing that the rich people seem to do is that they choose the best books that have changed their life and they just master a handful of books. I went through like a bunch of the self-improvement books thinking that, you know, it'd be better to know so many different things. When you do that, when you read a book once and then you read the next book and then the next book and then the next book, what happens is that you have like this broad general idea of like multiple different topics. But having a broad and general understanding of a topic does not result in any profitability. If you want to become rich, you need to have very good specific like advanced knowledge in a certain key area. So for example, social skills. It's so much better to reread How to Win Friends and Influence People 500 times over the rest of your life than it is to read 500 different books on social skills. But the second way that I've seen that these rich motherfuckers seem to read, which is very interesting because I did this once accidentally and now I do every day. They don't just read the book to completion and move on to the next book. What they do, they use the book or any kind of thing that they're learning from more like a handbook. They don't sit and dedicate two hours to reading and learning then, you know, two hours tomorrow. They seem to like need something, some kind of knowledge. They go and get it quickly, five minutes reading it, and then they go and use the thing straight away. So I've noticed that rich people seem to do this with online courses. They buy someone's online course, which teaches them how to do something. They go and like learn from that course for 20 minutes whilst they're struggling with a problem. And then they go and fix the problem. How I've been doing that in terms of reading is that I'll literally keep this book open next to me. And just before recording this video, I promise I just did this even with my girl. We just sat here. I'm about to record in like five minutes, just drinking some coffee. And I literally like, I'm showing her the process of what I did. And I was like, okay, like which one should we pick? Which one should I try and use right here, right now in this video? You know, that concept has been spoke about before. Like, you know, yeah, read, make sure you take action. But I don't think anyone has ever explained that like the autistic detail on how to take action, read, and then go and do the thing like immediately. Read how to win friends and influence people. Read it for like two minutes. Read like a very specific principle and then go onto our Discord server, which is linked in the description. There's always a call, you know, a video call. There's always a video call running. Join one of the video calls and go and use one of the principles you've just learned immediately. Bro, if you want to skyrocket your social skills, that is literally the four-step process. Read a couple of pages of this, learn something. So it's like, oh, this one's saying to smile or this one's saying to use their name. Go onto our Discord server, the link's in the description. Join one of the calls and just go and use whatever you've just learned immediately. If you did that every single day, as I'm doing, your social skills would improve drastically. I've just told you the secret to my social skills, by the way. I've been doing that every single morning. Every morning, I literally wake up, I read a couple of minutes of this, and then I go into one of those Discord calls on our server and I literally think to myself, okay, what have I just learned from this? Oh, you know, to use their name. And I go into the call thinking, yeah, use his name, use his name. There's some statistics that I found extremely interesting. Among wealthy people, 88% of them read for at least 30 minutes a day. 63% of them listen to audiobooks during their commute. So 63% of rich people, when they're commuting, driving, whatever, they're listening to educational programs. What's the average person doing when the average person's driving? Do you think he's got some educational audiobook or do you think he's just listening to mindless music? Let's be honest. Degenerate fucking Western music. If you think about some average person, like some 21 year old woman, no offense to not being trying to be sexist, but like, what's she listening to? On average, she's listening to Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, degenerate shit where she's being told to like exchange her body and her soul. Fucking hell. This video was not supposed to go in this direction where I go like anti-degen Western times, but fuck me, bro. The difference between the kind of person who's always trying to learn and anytime he's got some downtime, he's just reading, he's in the train listening to like podcasts, an educational podcast, compared to the person who's just mindlessly numbing themselves to another fucking Megan Thee Stallion. Eh, fucking disgusting, bro. What you consume 
drastically will change your life. Please listen to this seriously. This may be one of the best tips I can ever give you for becoming more successful. Make sure you consume good, positive, encouraging, inspiring content. Make sure you drastically reduce the entertainment that you consume, the degenerate Western media of these like rappers who've always got like, you know, disgusting bitches next to them twerking and everything. Just promoting degeneracy of these like female rappers just like spreading their legs open, talking about like exchanging their pussy for like drugs. You become very similar to what you consume. And the richest people out there, bro, the richest people, they're consuming positive stuff. They're literally reading fantastic books like How to Win Friends and Influence People. They're educating themselves at any moment that they've got some free time. They're on the train, that they're, they're, they're driving, listening to audiobooks. When you increase your knowledge through learning properly and also trying to take action with that, you get to spot better opportunities, but more importantly, like you just have better skill. Think about it, my skill right here, right now in terms of communication is so much better because I've read this book, I've gained the knowledge, and now I'm trying to use it as best as I can whilst I speak to you. In my field of like, you know, being a YouTuber, that's the most important part there is, is do I have great communication skills? Am I talking to you as a person or am I talking to this inanimate object, the camera? Because you see a lot of YouTubers, especially a lot of the small ones, they're talking to a fucking camera. When you watch my videos, you don't actually sit to yourself thinking, oh yeah, Hamza's talking to a camera right now. The reason why you've been able to relate to me so much is because you know that I'm talking to you, not some fucking camera, because of communication skills, because of like being relatable and authenticity. Education, like real education, not school, not university, but real education. It will change your life forever. It drastically did for me. I've said so many times that reading changed it all for me, bro. The money and success that I have has come just because I've read the right books and I just took action on them. Because otherwise, the thing is, if you don't read the books, or if you don't learn and you still take action, you're still really disciplined, but you're like stupid disciplined. The thing is, you're just shooting in the dark. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. So learn and read and gather new knowledge every single day, especially in the areas that you have a massive curiosity for. The second habit of rich people is practicing stoicism, or in other words, we can say emotional control. Now, when you click on this video, you were probably thinking, you know, real world habits like, oh, reading, meditating, journaling, and those things are really good. This is actually a habit that isn't talked about a lot, which is controlling your emotions. Probably a conspiracy theory, right? But like maybe the weak Western, especially world that we live in doesn't want men to be stoic anymore. I I've been called out for this and said that, you know, I'm crazy for this. I will fucking hold myself to this. I am certain that eventually people will come to realize that like if you live in these kind of degenerate countries, like they don't actually want you to be happy or to be fulfilled. They just want to control you. And so you've heard this narrative that's so heavily pushed to young men. And what is it? That you should be emotional, that you should cry, that you should like, you know, like voice how much pain you're in. The thing is some of those things could be okay. You should have a male, male best friend that you can open up to. You should have a male best friend who you consider like a brother to you, who if some like bad shit happens to you, you'd be able to cry next to him without, you know, the fear of like, he's gonna expose you or anything. I've got that with my best friend Sam and I can't explain to you how valuable having that kind of relationship is but I will never ever sell out and tell you that men should be emotional there's a difference I'm not an emotional guy but I can show some emotion to my brother there's a very big difference because what the modern world is trying to tell you which makes me gross when you realize what I'm about to tell you you should literally get like a little bit fucking angry at what the world's like sold this lie to you they're telling you that you should be emotional in front of everyone especially in front of women they're literally telling you that men should open up to their girlfriends. Men should open up and cry in front of the girlfriends, bro. Not to sound like nihilistic, but bro, we know what happens with that. I've just done this and I, I wish I didn't because it's kind of like just made me sad, but go on to Google and just search Reddit. I cried in front of my girlfriend and just open up some of those tabs and hear some responses of real men who have cried in front of their girlfriends and shown emotion. This is a response, right? Yes, once. I'd been with my girlfriend around a year or so and she'd done some of the occasional, you should open up 
so this guy's been with his girlfriend, his girlfriend said to him, oh, you know, you should open up. Well, one year later, around September, my uncle drops dead. Nobody saw it coming. He just didn't wake up one morning. Christmas rolls around and it just hits me right in the feelings. My favorite uncle isn't going to be there and his wife and his kids will and it's going to be terrible. I'm sucking in the emotions. I'm not saying anything in case my voice quivers. Maybe even one or a second tear escapes and rolls down my cheek. My girlfriend notices and goes, oh God, uh, can I get you some water? And disappears downstairs for about 20 minutes, leaving me all alone feeling stupid. She comes back up with water. I've mopped up. We say nothing again and I've never cried in front of her again. That's one guy, right? Number two. This is one that's relatable to me. I've cried in front of maybe three significant others, like three girlfriends. In each case, they were very understanding and empathetic about it and their sexual attraction towards me started a gradual but an inoxorable slide to zero. I've learned my lesson and that's the case of which I am guaranteeing will happen. The thing is, you can sometimes like cry in front of you. It can happen, okay? But this advice that's telling men to actively pursue this is dangerous, even though it seems like it's coming from a good place. This advice that's telling men not to be stoic anymore because they're saying that stoicism is causing mental health problems and men are killing themselves because they're stoic. It's the opposite way around. Men are killing themselves because they're opening up and then their, their girlfriends are leaving them. The girlfriends aren't sexually attracted to them. They're not as masculine. The girlfriends aren't being feminine. The girlfriends aren't like sucking their dick anymore because she can't respect a guy who's just like bald his, his eyes out. And then the guy kills himself after that. And then People say it's like, oh, it's toxic masculinity. It's stoicism, bro. Stoicism did not kill any man. Stoicism did not result in any man's death. The opposite did. Being emotional, being reactive did. These people in the modern times will try to convince you that something like stoicism, being in control of your emotions is a bad thing and that you should just be emotional so that eventually your girl doesn't actually want to have sex with you anymore. And there's another comment which you might be thinking of yourself. Any person, male or female, that has issues with their significant other crying in front of them has serious issues and it would be in the best interest of the relationship to end it right there and then. So this person, which you might agree with that most people might agree with when we're talking about this that like oh you know if she's going to judge you negatively for being emotional if she's going to judge you for you know crying then you should leave her no being a masculine man so that you can attract a feminine woman means that you have to embody the principles of masculinity which are discipline and stoicism and leadership and guidance and providing when you have those things and you become a truly masculine man who's so focused on his work and you attract a feminine woman she is not a bad person if she would then lose attraction to you if you cry people here are saying like, oh you should break up with her no bro a feminine woman it is normal and it is natural for her to lose attraction into the masculine man that she thought was, you know, the stoic rock and then who suddenly crumbles. Because if she's true, this is so weird, right? But if she's truly a feminine woman, she has to leave you. She has to lose sexual attraction into you if you show weakness. Now, if she's not, let's say, you know, oh, but you know, oh, my girlfriend's so great. She didn't leave me after I cried. That literally just means that she's not feminine. That means that she's got way more masculine energy and she's more of like a guide and a leader in your relationship. If she is feminine, she will lose attraction to you if you show feminine weak qualities. If you show weakness, it's just how it is. And like, that isn't a bad thing. With the power of stoicism and emotional control, you'll be able to make the right decisions without just getting swayed to how you feel. You know, there's a reason why I end every single video by saying the phrase, do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Because that is an act of discipline. It's an act of stoicism. The modern world will try and convince you that stoicism is toxic masculinity and that you should never like practice stoicism. But I promise you right now, that all of those alpha male personality types that you see who are getting really successful and who seem really good with women and they make a lot of money, they're all stoic. They've all learned to manage their emotions. And it might happen. Andrew Tate might break down and cry one day. It happens. Bro, I still cry sometimes. But it's having the understanding that we shouldn't encourage this, especially not to open up in front of someone who doesn't want you to. Now, the women watching this might leave some angry comments. You can go and look for their comments right now and they'll say that I'm totally wrong. The thing is, no offense to them. They're not feminine. 
a feminine woman doesn't actually want you to open up. She might say that she kind of does, but she wants you to stay as a mysterious rock. Stay stoic, stay in control of your emotions. And if you do need to break down at some point, if you do need to open up, do that with a brother. Do that with a male best friend. The word I said there is very important. Male. Open up to a male best friend who's masculine, who understands you. Rich people have conditioned their minds to overcome weak thoughts and weak emotions. The third habit of rich people is setting goals and achieving them. Setting goals is, in my opinion, like the best route to success is you set a goal and you start to make progress towards it. And you might wonder right now, but wait, hang on. I've heard before that like broke people and also rich people, losers and also winners have the same goals. We've heard that before, don't they? Like losers and winners have the same goals. So clearly goals don't work. I don't think so. I don't think there's any loser out there right now who's actually thought to himself, yes, I want to do this by this date in this way like this. Losers and broke people daydream. They don't have goals, they daydream. Maybe yours is just a daydream right now. Maybe you, oh yeah, maybe I'll get successful one day. Winners and people who go on to become successful have very objective, clearly defined goals that they obsess over. A goal is like a dream, but with a deadline. And then you set a strategic plan of action to accomplish that. I remember reading some research before that actually said that people who write down their goals are more likely to achieve them. So that's an extra quick tip, like a practical step you can quickly do is if you've got like some kind of vision, some goal, some daydream that you wanna accomplish, make sure you wrote it down somewhere. I know it seems so simple and so many guys overlook this, but literally if you just grab a piece of paper and just write down what your goal is and even obsessively like, you know, tape it up onto your wall, I promise you that that will make you more likely to be like obsessed and stay true to that plan. The fourth habit of rich people, this is really interesting, is having mostly a healthy lifestyle coupled with quite intense periods of like unhealthiness. So essentially what I've seen from rich people is that they'll have a big stint, like a big duration where they'll be quite extreme in being healthy. They'll go to sleep perfectly. They won't even see friends. They'll eat the perfect food. They won't eat carbs or sugar or alcohol or anything like that. They'll literally just be focused on work. They'll, they'll smash out work three months, six months, whatever it is, you know, like monk mode. And then after that, they'll go and do almost like quite a big party degenerate phase for like a couple of days or a week. What I've seen from rich people is that they're actually quite extreme. They don't follow the conventional wisdom that's given to poor people, which is all about balance. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna have balance, bro. I'm telling you right now, I don't think there's many rich people out there who actually have balance. The rich people that I know seem to just get extreme into productivity and health for a moment of time whilst they achieve a goal. And then they get extreme into partying and being like degenerates for like a week. I know Iman does like big parties, like almost Dan Bazarian style, where like he'll invite a bunch of models with him and stuff. And every like three months or six months, he does that after doing a huge period of monk mode. If you've made it to this far of the video, it's very clear that you have this desire of wanting to become more productive and successful and eventually go on to becoming rich. Everything that we've covered in this video is practical, something that you could quite literally do today tomorrow. So if you really want this video to help you, perhaps just like skim over the part that really seemed to like, you know, create some kind of burning desire to do something in your mind. Just rewatch that little bit again and just take some action immediately. If you want to double your productivity, like skyrocket your work rate, go to the description of this video and there's a link where you can download this free guide that'll help you if you're like new to entrepreneurship and business and you really want to become more productive. Watch this video right now, do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Mwah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 